Our scripture lesson and sermon is different from what is printed in your order of service this morning. This is a message especially for the scouts and for all of us on this special day. And the reading is from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 14, beginning with verse 22 through verse 33. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Let's have a word of prayer together. Lord, we open our hearts and minds to your word. We pray that your Holy Spirit would come and would anoint me as messenger and this congregation as hearers. Lord, stir up faith, stir up courage in all of us, we pray, no matter what our fears may be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are 19 years into the 21st century. I don't know about you, I find that pretty hard to believe that that much time has passed this quickly. But here we are, and historians are always dubbing this, this century, the century or age of fear. Arguably, fear is the most common human emotion experience on planet Earth these days. I mean, there's fear about Islamic fundamentalism, ISIS, and the threat of war. There's fear over the economy and this trade war with China. Some are fearful about the increasing tensions with Russia. There's fear about uh, nuclear proliferation with countries like Iran and North Korea. There's fear about climate change. There's fear about illegal immigration. Fear about liberals. Fear about conservatives. Fear about divided government. The world says to us, the media says to us, Every single day, be afraid. Be very afraid. In fact, the news that mostly gets reported these days are stories that elicit fear. Fear makes money. Fear gets votes. 
This morning's gospel lesson is a story about fear. And it comes right after Jesus fed 5,000 persons on the shore to the Sea of Galilee. He is exhausted, no doubt, after meeting the needs of so many people, the demands of so many being brought to him. And, and so Jesus basically says, I need some downtime. And he uh, separates himself from the crowds. He dismisses them. Uh, he puts the disciples in a fishing boat and tells them to go over to the other side. And he climbs up into the hills and spends some time in prayer with the Father. However, the disciples run into trouble. Strictly speaking, the Sea of Galilee is not a sea. In fact, in the New Living Translation, which I used this morning for the reading, it's called a lake, and that is exactly what it is. It's a relatively small lake. Uh, you can see from one shore to the other, from the Golan Heights, uh, which are on the eastern shore of the Sea of Galilee. Uh, you can look down from the plateau, and, and the lake is shaped like a heart. Uh, it's called Gesineret in Hebrew, which refers to the shape of the musical instrument that David played for King Saul. Because of the mountains that surround uh, the uh, shoreline of the Sea of Galilee, and this, this break, this cut in the mountains that extends into a plain, a coastal plain that goes all the way to the Mediterranean, the, the hot, warm wind off the Mediterranean frequently rushes through uh, down in elevation to where the Sea of Galilee exists below sea level and causes these violent storms, waves that kick up very quickly, uh, very strong winds. Uh, happens still today when we were there uh, early last year with a group from the church uh, it was on a Sunday morning. We worshiped together while you were worshiping here. Uh, we started a little bit earlier than you. But, uh, but it was a very wet and windy day. And I, I, very, I preached on this very passage. And, and uh, at one point, the wind was really kicking up. Those of you that were on the boat. And the rain was hitting me in the face as I was speaking. And it was a very powerful uh, image uh, for us as we looked at this passage. So the Sea of Galilee is very temperamental even today. And Jesus' disciples, at least most of them, were professional fishermen by trade. They knew that it could be dangerous to be out on the Sea of Galilee when a storm kicked up. And on this particular night, the headwinds were so strong, uh, they were pushing back so vigorously that they were not making any forward progress. They were basically uh, trapped on the lake in the middle of a storm, soaked, no doubt, to the bone. And sometime around 3 a.m. in the middle of the night, Jesus miraculously walks out, out on the water to meet them. And as you heard in the reading, they were terrified. They thought Jesus was a ghost. Apparently they did not immediately recognize him as the Lord. And he says to them, don't be afraid. Take courage. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Three short, powerful sentences. And I especially like that, that phrase, take courage. Uh, take courage, Jesus says. Take courage implies what? 
It means we make a choice not to be afraid. Taking courage is a decision of the will. With the help of God, we choose not to fear in the face of, of real threat or even imagined threat. Worrying, hand-wringing, getting afraid over things that may or may not happen. We choose not to worry, not to be anxious. I learned this past week that Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is the most highlighted passage in the Bible online. And you know what that passage is about, don't you? Paul says to the Philippians, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But with prayer and supplication, make your concerns, all that troubles you, all that you're afraid of, make that known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will watch over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That says a lot about human nature, doesn't it? We are fearful. We are worried. We are anxious about many things. And so Jesus says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Courage is a choice. Courage is a choice. Our nation owes its founding to a group of men and, yes, women, who often were quietly working behind the scenes, uh, who, who made choices to be courageous in the face of fear of King George and the vast British Empire. Fifty-six signers of the Declaration of Independence mutually pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to one another, to the founding of this country. Many of them suffered tremendous loss, persecution, jail time, and even death as a result of that declaration. Our nation's freedom has continued, continued uh, to be uh, preserved for us because of the bravery and the courage. Because men and women have chosen, have chosen to answer the call to serve in a branch of the U.S. military. Senator John McCain, who spent five and a half years in a North Vietnamese prison camp, wrote this many years ago. Of course, as you know, Senator McCain passed away last year. He says, courage is like a muscle. The more we exercise it, the stronger it gets. He says, I, I sometimes worry about our collective courage. That, that it's growing weaker from disuse. We don't demand it from our leaders and our leaders don't demand it from us. The courage deficit is both our problem and our fault. As a result, too many leaders in public and private sectors lack the courage necessary to honor their obligations to others and to uphold the, the essential values of leadership. Jesus said, take courage. Now, I learned a good bit about courage when I was in Boy Scouts. I think on my first camping trip, they took me, some guys took me snipe hunting. Have y'all ever been snipe hunting? Oh, Lord, I was scared. I, I, don't, I don't know what I thought a snipe looked like, but it sounded bad. And, of course, I got left in the woods as all of these boys ran away laughing hysterically. A snipe is a mythical creature, apparently. Right, right Andrew? Yeah. Was that pulled on you when you were a kid? Yeah, of course it was. Uh, but I was scrawny and awkward uh, when I was 13 when I joined the Scouts. Put this picture of me up on the screen. That's me when I started Boy Scouts. 
little wonder I had no girlfriend in seventh grade. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Please take that off the screen now. Okay. <laughs> Scouting helped me to gain some self-confidence. It helped me to make friends. I didn't have a lot of friends in seventh grade. And it taught me to love and respect God's creation. I'd never been camping before. Um, never been on a, a, you know, a 10-mile hike. It was a phenomenal thing for me as, as an adolescent to have this experience with other boys. And I had an excellent, excellent scoutmaster who embodied the scout law. Uh, who, who loved God, was a confessing Christian. And his son became my very best friend because of scouting. I was terrible at, sport, at sports, but I loved being a Boy Scout. Uh, where do you feel captive to fear in your life? Real fears? Imaginary fears? And what actions do you need to take right now to move away from fear toward courage? You see, I, I've learned over the years as a pastor... And I see it almost every week. I see people who, in spite of their fear and worry and anxiety, choose to take courage. It takes courage to, to, to face terminal illness and the reality of your mortality that you are dying of a disease that can't be cured. We have people in our church all the time who are at that place in their life, who because of their faith take courage. In the face of terminal illness. It takes courage to raise a child with developmental problems. It takes courage to share your friend, uh, to share Christ with your friend. Even though culturally that's not an acceptable thing to do anymore. It takes courage to care for an aging parent as I've seen with my wife and her mother over the last few years. Uh, so respect and admire Connie for what she has done. Uh, to love her mother through this season of decline and dementia. It takes courage to fully grieve the loss of a family member, as I've experienced with my own family over these past months. It takes courage to get up and go to work every day when, when you struggle with depression or anxiety, when life is hard for you, when you don't like that job. It takes courage to go back to school and get your degree, as my mother did in her, in her 30s. She became a very effective teacher for 25 years in the public schools. It takes courage to stay home with kids rather than go to work, even though you know that you could do well uh, professionally, vocationally, if you didn't. It takes courage to break off a bad relationship that you know in your heart is not God's will. Uh, it takes courage uh, to say to a husband or wife, this is not working out. We need to get some help. We need to talk to the pastor. We need to see a counselor. It takes courage to stand up for what is right and true and, and has integrity in the workplace when no one else will. It takes courage to give a voice to people who have none. It takes courage to work for justice, uh, to stand up against prejudice. It takes courage to participate in a short-term missions trip to Guatemala. <laughs> I've had so many people in the church tell me, I would love to go with you all, but I'm just too afraid to leave the country. And I'm just like, what? I'm too afraid. I, 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 can't, I can't think of, of, well, like 
traveling to a place like Guatemala? What if I get sick? What, what, if, what if I get robbed? What if I this? What if I that? An Indian legend tells about a mouse who was scared of cats until a magician changed him into a cat. But then he discovered as a cat that he was scared of dogs. So the magician changed him into a dog. But then he hadn't been a dog very long and he discovered he was scared of tigers. And so the magician changed him into a tiger. But even as a tiger, he discovered he was afraid of the hunter. And this time the magician said, I'm changing you back into a mouse. You may have the body of a tiger, but you have the heart of a mouse. And always will. Do you have the heart of a mouse? And what is it that, that enables you to take courage, to take uh, to heart what Jesus says here to the disciples uh, in, in this moment of fear? There's an interesting thing about this Greek word that's translated courage. In some versions of the New Testament, it is translated be of good cheer or cheer up. How many of y'all remember that song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Yeah, one, yeah, once that gets in your head, it'll never leave, will it? Um, and, and basically the song is saying, yeah, you've got worries, you've got troubles, there's things to be afraid of, but forget about it. Make a decision, a choice to be happy. The emphasis here is not on emotion, what you're feeling, it's what you're choosing. God has given us all a free will. And like the commandment to love, taking courage is a choice that we make whenever we feel afraid. And that leads to this second aspect of courage. Courage is not only a decision of the will. I do believe it is an act of faith. And for Christians, that gives you an edge in the face of fear. We should not be wringing our hands right now even though many in our country are. Because our God is great, right? We sang about that. Two awesome songs, hymns of the church. How great is our God. How great thou art. We have no reason to, to wring our hands and worry about the future because he who knows the future has us in the palm of his hands. Right? Amen. And, and so faith is an important aspect of, of courage. In fact, for Christians, courage and faith are almost synonymous. Taking courage and trusting God go hand in hand in, in the Bible. Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you out on the water. And that was, that was a big leap of faith for Peter. He was asking Jesus... To, to suspend the laws of gravity and allow him to also live this miracle and walk on water. Keep in mind that the winds were still blowing, the waves were still crashing against the boat. Uh, the traditional paintings of this scene often vary. Uh, some of the more contemporary depictions show the storm. They show the boat you know, raised up on a wave and the wind blowing. 
Uh, but a lot of the old classic things that come out of the Renaissance, they show Jesus walking on this placid water. And that's not what the text describes here. I mean, if we could see it happening, I think Jesus' hair would be blowing in the wind. I think his clothes would be wet. He would not be sinking, but he would not be untouched by the storm. And that's an important thing for us to remember as we read this story. Uh, Peter, impetuously, as he often did in the Gospels, gets out of the boat and starts walking to Jesus. Jesus says, come on, let's do this. And so Peter walks out to him. But here's something you need to remember. This is so helpful to me. Fear, fear never fully goes away for a disciple of Jesus. The temptation to fear, the inclination to fear, the human response to threat is always fear. God has put that put that in us, and at times fear is an appropriate response and can spare us and others from real danger. But fear never really goes away. Every time we get out of the boat, every time Jesus calls us to a deeper place of faith and obedience, we will experience some fear. Because discipleship, in my experience, is always a choice between fear and faith, between comfort and courage. Now, I would be lying to you this morning if I told you that I never struggle with fear. In fact, I experience this most primal human emotion almost every day. There are a few Sundays every year when it's all I can do to, to leave the parsonage and come to the church for worship. A fear and anxiety kind of takes hold of me. And it seems that the older I get, the more given I am to anxiety and worry. I think in that regard, I'm a lot like my mother, who was that way, I think, her entire life. She had the capacity for faith when she needed it, but there were other times when, when, when I saw my mother really struggle with worry and with fear. And so when Jesus tells me to get out of the boat, when I'm faced with a challenging situation in ministry here at the church, my first response is fear. But Jesus says to me, and Jesus says to you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. In other words, he is saying what my mantra is every day. And I, I, I think this often, say this often before my feet hit the floor when I wake up in the morning. God is with me. God is for me. God is with me. God is for me. That is a simple confession of faith that every one of us can say in the face of fear. Jesus is with me. Jesus is for me. So courage for me in my ministry has always been a choice that I make. Uh, courage is an act of faith for me. And, and like Peter, I know that my heart, in my heart, that Jesus is able to do miracles for me, but also miracles in me and miracles through me if I choose not to be afraid, if I take courage. You know what I'm going to say next, don't you? Peter walked out on the water as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. But when he stopped and looked at the waves and felt the wind howling around him, when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to sink. 
And he, he said a simple prayer. Sometimes we think prayer has to be long, it has to be eloquent, it has to be like preacher-like. No, it doesn't. Here's a simple prayer. Peter prays, Lord, save me. <laughs> you can pray that prayer, can't you? Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him by the hand and rescued him. He answered his prayer. He saved him. But in so doing, he said this to him. He said, Peter, why have you so little faith? Why did you doubt me? And why is your faith so small? Why, why do I sometimes doubt his ability to do what needs to be done in the face of fear? I love how this story ends. The disciples say, you definitely are the son of God. <laughs> You definitely are the Son of God. And the scripture says they worshiped Him. And when people have the courage to get out of the boat, that's when the power of God kicks in and Jesus Christ is glorified. And, and don't you want God to be glorified through your life? Well, one, they, one way that that consistently happens is when we don't follow the crowd and the culture and surrender ourselves to fear. We sometimes forget that with the exception of Judas, these ordinary men all went on to be persons of exceptional courage. Church history tells us that most died cruel, torturous deaths and did so with honor and with faith. They were martyred for Jesus Christ. Courage in their lives begat courage. And when the day of Pentecost came and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, look out. Their choices to take courage uh, created a firestorm of bravery that spread around the world. And I can promise you that you are a believer today. You are a follower of Jesus. You sit in these pews on Sunday to worship because someone had courage and faith on your behalf from a very young age. Somebody was praying for you. Somebody was believing in you. Somebody refused to surrender to fear. Don't be afraid, Jesus says. The world says, be afraid. Be very afraid. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Now I want us to pray together and then Jeremy's going to lead us in our closing song. If you'll bow your heads with me. Lord, we repent of hand-wringing. We repent of, of anxiety and worry. Lord, we repent of, of our lack of faith, our doubt, our unbelief. We choose to take courage. We choose to trust you, to have faith in you, even though we may feel like we're sinking. Precious Lord, take our hands, take our hands, pull us up, rescue us, set us on a, on a sound foundation, a place where we are safe and secure. Whatever we're facing right now, no matter how hard the wind is blowing or the waves are beating against our lives, Lord, we see you walking to us in the midst of that storm on that water, offering us your presence and your courage. 
And Lord, I pray over our scouts today. I thank you for these that are here today um, celebrating this Scouting Sunday with us. I bless them. I bless their leaders, the men and women who invest in them, who care about them, who, who serve them and their interest in so many ways. God, thank you that as a church we are able to share in this important ministry that is shaping and forming character, godly character in the lives of, of so many. The, the testimony of those who stood here today, Lord, is one that comes from our leaders. People who from an early age were being prepared for tasks they are fulfilling today as elders and leaders in this congregation. And I thank you for that. And all of God's people said, Amen.